Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by the Times of London. I'm Laura Cook. Today, we look at how public opinion is going against Israel's Prime Minister, with two-thirds of his people wanting a general election as soon as the war ends. The threat of a multi-front war is becoming greater as exchanges of fire across the border between Israel and Lebanon escalate. Israel's defence minister says the country has been attacked from Gaza, the West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Yemen and Iran. Meanwhile, Benjamin Netanyahu said if Hezbollah chooses to start an all-out war, then Beirut and southern Lebanon would be left devastated like Gaza. Civilians in Gaza are fleeing to the border with Egypt and towards the coast of the Strip as Israel widens its ground offensive. Israel insists it's doing everything possible to keep people out of harm's way by warning them about the military operations. A couple of in-depth pieces in today's Times are really interesting reads. As Benjamin Netanyahu is losing the trust of his people, Anshil Pfeffer asks could he be replaced – Amy Gill has been taking a look at the questions being raised. While two pictures have been released this week by Benjamin Netanyahu's office, carefully chosen to project two images of the Israeli Prime Minister. One with a clenched fist thrust in the centre of the frame as he poses beside an armoured fighting vehicle, supposedly to show him as a wartime leader. The other, his helmet removed, standing smiling and surrounded by soldiers half his age in what appeared to be the home of a Palestinian family. This is to project him as the benevolent father of the nation. But according to a recent survey, the overwhelming majority of Israelis see him as neither, despite two-thirds of his people expecting the nation to defeat Hamas, a higher figure want him to call a general election as soon as the war is over. As Anshel Pfeiffer writes, it's not public opinion that's against him. The highest echelons of society and political establishments of the same view. Yoav Gallant, the defence minister, is said to be making daily decisions on the war. Elsewhere today, Abby Cheeseman writes about the feelings of Turkey's President Erdogan, who says Netanyahu is no different from Hitler. At an event in Ankara, he added Western countries that supported Israel were complicit in what he called war crimes, calling Israel a terrorist state. Now, responding to these comments, the Israeli PM said Erdogan is the last person who can preach morality to us. Go online now to read more on both of these articles. This week, we're looking back at some of the year's stories featured on The World in 10 that have stuck with us. One such story started with a simple family lunch with the in-laws. Here's how we reported it at the time. If you haven't already seen this story, you must go onto the Times website and read about it. It's an incredible story in Australia. On July the 29th, not long ago now, there was a lunch. A woman served mushrooms, and the result of that lunch was that three people died. And with every subsequent twist and turn, the case gripped the country. With us is the Times' Bernard Lagan from Sydney. Look, it did grip the country, this case. This all occurred in a town in the state of Victoria in the far southeast of Australia. The town is called Leon Gaffer. And a woman in the town, Erin Patterson, had invited her relatives and their friends to her house for lunch on a Saturday. 
And the four of these elderly people were at lunch with Erin Patterson to negotiate access to her children for, for her estranged husband, who was supposed to be at the lunch also, but pulled out at the last minute. After this lunch, three people died, and the Baptist pastor, Mr. Wilkinson, survived. It was subsequently discovered that they'd all died of poisoning from death cat mushrooms. And most people who know the area and know about mushrooms know that you do not touch death cat mushrooms. Very, very lethal. Erin Patterson strongly denied she was involved with the deaths but couldn't explain them, telling police the beef wellington she made had used some wild and some dehydrated mushrooms from an Asian grocery store in the big city. It then emerged that she had dumped a food dehydrator at the local rubbish dump two days after lunch. Now, the police found that and recovered that from the tip. They must have had inside information to go looking for it. But once that came out, a lot of suspicion did fall upon Erin Patterson. The, uh, the deaths of these three people were so unusual. It's almost a medieval thing, people dying from you know, mushroom, mushroom poisoning if it's deliberate. About a month after lunch, a Facebook posting that her estranged husband had made a year ago came to light. He said on Facebook that he fell very, very seriously ill after being served food by his ex-wife. Then around about um, five weeks ago, Aaron Patterson was arrested and charged with the murder of three people. And she was also charged with the attempted murder of her husband. So that's where it remains. We are now awaiting the, um, the trial. I can say one thing that people across Australia are much more well aware of the uh, lethality of death cap mushrooms than they were. The case continues to make headlines in Australia. Local papers reporting on what Miss Patterson ate in prison on Christmas Day. She's back in court in around five months. Mass tourism makes some places very rich and others resentful. There's a growing push to reduce the number of tourists coming to cities like Venice and Barcelona and even the Louvre Museum in Paris. And these campaigns often get angry, with residents wanting to just enjoy the cities they live in. Back in March, we heard how the capital of the Netherlands was trying to avoid the nuisance caused by visitors. Well, it appears you and your ilk, British men aged between 80 and stretching at a tad 36, are no longer welcome and the authorities are using a series of ads to get the message across. And the message from the Amsterdam Tourist Board is stay away. The aim is to bring peace and quiet to Amsterdam's idyllic 17th and 18th century streets. I guess we'll just have to wait and see if it works. To find out whether that advertising campaign worked, we asked the travel journalist Lisa Minute. Well, I mean, I think there was a lot of concern that the sort of excesses of some of the sort of younger tourists who go to Amsterdam for its coffee shop culture and for the red light district um, were really having an impact on the people who live in the city. And remember, this is, a, you know, it's quite a small space here. We're not talking about a large space. Um, and there's been a concerted effort to um, try to discourage that kind of sort of tourism. Um, and it has worked. Um, we've just seen a report um, that was published at the World Travel and Tourism Summit in Rwanda, basically says 
that of all of the countries in the world, um, Holland has shown the least amount of sort of recovery post-pandemic. Um, and actually, it's, you know, they're very bottom of the table in terms of the number of arrivals. And actually, from Britain itself, 22% down on um, 2019. Now, every other country in the world is desperately trying to sort of build up their tourism after the pandemic. Um, they've taken a very different route and said, actually, we don't want as many tourists. Um and that has had an impact. Lisa told us that change in the type of tourists encourages more higher spending, but older visitors to come. And it's a trend that's likely to catch on. Now, if you're a fan of Doctor Who... Now these are unlikely to exterminate you, but they could give you a nasty sting. A newly discovered species of wasp has been named after the Dalek villains in Doctor Who to mark the show's 60th anniversary. They're part of a massive 815 new species discovered this year, including crabs, bees, stick insects and the extraordinary sounding whale infesting worms. Dr. Sirian Sumner is Professor of Behavioural Ecology at University College London and she told us why the discoveries are so exciting. So the Dalek is the is the name given to the genus. Um, there's been 14 new species described and they are just another example of how many more different kinds of species of wasps we have yet to discover. But the reason why they've only just discovered them is because there are so many. There are over 80,000 species of parasitoid wasps that have already been described, but there's probably about five to ten times more species waiting to be discovered and described. Now, finally, a few tears were shared by teenage dart sensation Luke Littler. He's become the youngest player to reach the World Championship fourth round and will face either Jim Williams or former winner Raymond Van Barneveld on Saturday. Just 16, we wish him well. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow.